week on NRL teams. A weekend like no other as the NRL migrates north for the winter. We'll bring you the latest on Operation Relocation. The Dragons are one of the teams on the move, but who will hook pick and who pays their dues for their biosecurity breach? And on Origin Eve, we'll look at who'll back up, who won't, and who'll end up victorious at Seabus Super Stadium. Hello, welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. It is awesome to see you again and I hope you're keeping safe and well wherever you're joining us from right around Australia today. Big hello for the first time in a little while to former New South Wales and Australian representative Brett Kamali. Hi, Noddy. Welcome back, Neve. It is good to see back you. You're back in the right code. How good is it? <laughs> We've got a few problems in our game, but obviously you've had some exciting times obviously there with the uh, the Football World Cup. But, uh, back to the oval-shaped ball this yeah, week. Yeah. 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 And what a week to come back to. Wow, with a weekend like none we have seen before. And then Origin tomorrow night as well. There's plenty happening. Is there Origin still? It seems to have gone quiet. <laughs> the, the conversation about State of Origin normally explodes in the, in the, in the newspaper in the build-up for 10 days. But uh, as of last weekend, we knew that the Origin had moved, unfortunately, away from Newcastle to the Gold Coast because of the uh, government ruling and, and, and restrictions. But um, I hope the Gold Coast, I hope at Seabus State, they fill the stadium tomorrow night. Uh, they should be give, given an opportunity to turn up and watch it because there's no restrictions up there and embrace the game of State of Origin. Uh, and as, as you said, all Sydney-based clubs and some just down the fringe of Sydney-based clubs have all relocated to the beautiful sunny weather of the Gold Coast headed and Brisbane and, and Sunshine Coast. Headed to war the warmer climes. Yeah. And we are missing your mate here in the studio today, yes. another guy who likes a blue shirt himself, Robbie Farrah, former New South Wales and Australian representative. Hello, Robbie. Good to see you. Hey, Nate. Welcome back. How are you? I'm very well. Let's talk about that change, Robbie, for the players to begin with, because it is a massive upheaval for them, for their families. And we know there are plenty of people going through tough times across the broader community at the moment. But talk us through what that means for the NRL family over the next week or so as they make that transition. Yeah, obviously very tough. Everything's happened quite quickly. And uh, not only for the players, I guess obviously it's going to be a change for the players, but I find the, the players are very adaptable. They'll they'll adapt to the conditions and get on with what they have to do, but more so for the partners and, and the kids. You know, you've got partners that have, uh, you know, work of their own. They've got businesses. You've got children in and out of school. Uh, you've got newborns. So th there's a lot of things involved in just upheaving your, your whole life and moving to another state. And uh, there hasn't been a lot of time to sort of, um, logistically plan and, and, and get things happening. But uh, I think that's the challenge is going to be for everyone to, um, yeah, to, to make things happen quick because we haven't got time to waste. It's going to happen. Obviously, the players are, are moving up tomorrow and then the, the family and partners on, on Saturdays. So things have happened pretty quickly. So it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system to everyone involved. As Robbie says, this is a movable beast for very obvious reasons. So how important do captains, yeah. coaches, experienced leaders within each team, how important do they become throughout this process? Well, they're the most important now because this is our last chance for the competition to keep running. Basically, we can't find another location. We can't have any uh, players breaking protocol, any clubs having barbecues and all these distractions that we've seen over the last two weeks of, of what's happening in the NRL. So uh, senior players, captains, leaders, coaches, um, it's just mateship as well. You know, it's very important that you're, you're relocating from your home where you've probably got support and a normal lifestyle to a whole new suburb. You're living out in a hotel. Uh, potentially we've got eight weeks of football to go and four weeks of finals. I think there's a chance we could play the grand final out of Brisbane. 
Um, we, we don't really know what's going to happen here with the lockdown and how long we're going to go for. So there's a possibility they've got to say they've got to be up there. Potentially the top sides could be living out of a hotel in Brisbane for 12 weeks and getting ready for a grand final. So that takes a lot of support yeah. and takes a lot of, of um, massaging and, and egos and, and, and being unhappy and being locked up. There's, there's a massive distractions that can go on for the NRL. I think just, just to touch on that too, Noddy, and back to, to your question you asked me, Neve, is that unknown, the uncertainty, that's probably the hardest thing because you, you're moving your whole life to another state and you don't know how long you're going to be there for. You know, at this stage, NRL said it's a minimum of four weeks, but as Noddy said there, you could potentially be there for three months up until the grand final, and I think that's pretty realistic at the moment. Um, so there's no real end date on when you're going to come home, and I think that's going to be uh, the toughest part for everyone to deal with. So keeping that in mind yeah. then, what teams are best suited to coping with these challenges? Well, if I'm, an, if I'm an NRL team, I'm talking to the successful AFL clubs from last year that went through the change, went through the handle and were successful enough to win the grand final, living in a hotel and relocating with the unknown of how long I'm living away. So... Um, the Melbourne Storm have done it successfully. Um, the Warriors, in some regards, have lived away from home for a fair while. I think you're going to find that the clubs that handle this really, really well, are the, the teams have got that they're all close mates. They all get on really well together and there's not many injuries and distractions to the side. So that then helps probably Penrith, um, if we think about where they've gone the last 18 months in the development of that football side. They've all come through the ranks together. They all know each other. They all grew up in the same area in Western Sydney. So I think if they go off to a, a new combination, or not a new, a new home for a, for a period of time, the unknown's there, but they'll be fine, I think. I think that that too best suits. That might be an unknown. What is a lot better known is the fact that you two never get your predictions right. <laughs> Have you gotten any better while I've been away? Robbie got one. Robbie did get one. Robbie got two weeks ago. Oh. Nailed it. Is that right? Nailed it, yep. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's see how they went after round 17. Every game to be won by 13 plus. I think Alex Johnson will score a double again. How many is Johnson scored? Three. That is a familiar sound, isn't it? One that we're very used to hearing. All right, before we dwell on uh, the mistakes (laughs) of the past, let's talk about your 3-2-1 from round 17. Noddy. Yeah, well, I had one point for Sean Johnson. I thought it was very, very good for the Sharks uh, against his former club and his new club. Uh, Obviously, kicking games very important. Cody Walker, uh, the little bit of disappointment from not getting picked in state of origin, but then bounced back for club form. I thought Joseph Tarpany was the best player of the round. There was only four matches, but he ran for over 200 metres and, and got on the field very early um, off the bench, and I thought he was the best for the Canberra Raiders in a middle forward orientated victory. Nice to see the Green Machine get a win as well. Yeah. Robbie, what do you think? Who's your 3-2-1? and one? Yeah, I thought both the, the Cronulla uh, halves were outstanding. They, they were in my top three, Braden Trindle and, and Sean Johnson, and, and my three points was Cody Walker. I, uh, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, really showed the blue selectors what they're what they're missing out on uh, tomorrow night by not picking him. Um, I think he went out there with the points to prove, and uh, he was my player of the round. Well, our teams have dropped for round 18, so we can take you into our first Friday night game, a doubleheader, seeing the Titans take on the Eels at Seabus Super Stadium, starting with the Titans team, who are coming off the bye after snapping their four-game losing streak back in round 16. Their Maroons trio, Mo Fodawaka, Tino Fasul-Malaawi and AJ Brimson will all look to back up after two days after that third Origin clash. David Fafita will serve his suspension during Origin, so he'll be back on deck for the Titans and want a big name 
to have back. Looking at their opposition, Mitch Moses and Junior Paulo have been named to back up. 48 hours, of course, after playing for the Blues. The Eels have named Jacob Arthur in Jersey 21. If Moses isn't right to go on Friday night, Hooker Reid Marnie, a massive in. Back from shoulder injury, he suffered back in round 13. And Isaiah Papali'i should be right to go after copping a head knock against the Panthers in round 16. Looking at this Titans side, how big an inclusion is David Fafita, particularly considering he could have some tired bodies around him? How important will his role be? Yeah, very important. And obviously, as you said, it's a big suspension to serve. Uh, obviously, not able to play state of origin. But if you even think about those other three Queenslanders that will come back, Seabus on Wednesday night will be humming. It'll be the biggest game of football that will be played out of Seabus. So I think even if they arrive on Friday... It just won't be the same atmosphere for them. They've run out, as you said, 48 hours earlier with the excitement of State of Origin. So this is why David Fafita is very, very important to them. Uh, they're on that fringe as well for the top eight. Uh, they've got to start winning some games of football. Uh, the fact that no one else has got to travel and they're in their own backyard, I think it means that this gentleman's got to stand up. So they've been better defensively the last few weeks, but I think having Brimson back, Brimson's a massive in for the Titans, even with a fresh David Fafita. The pressure is going to seriously build, isn't it, on mm, those teams yeah. who are on the edge oh, of yeah. the top eight. Looking at their opposition, Robbie, and Mitchell Moses in particular, who will have played his first State of Origin game a couple of days before, how tough will it be for him to physically back up after what we imagine will be the toughest physical challenge of his career? Oh, Noddy, you'd know. Your you halfbacks don't make many tackles anyway, do you? So he'll be fine, he'll be fine yeah. mate. So, no, nah, look, in all honesty, look, he'll, he'll obviously get a bit of traffic on, on Wednesday night. There's no doubt the Queenslanders will, will test him defensively. So, um, look, I, I think he'll be fine. I always found, uh, for me, I was only speaking about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, and I always found backing up two days after was better than, than backing up on the Saturday or the Sunday, three or four days. I, I found after two days uh, the soreness hadn't, quite set in yet and you could get through another game and then then you had the whole weekend to relax after that which which i i preferred so um and again he'll, he'll be high on adrenaline he's just made his origin debut um you know hopefully the blues will have a win so yeah you know, he'll be he'll be um you know still on a, on an emotional high after the back of that and and he'll want to get back to club footy and and put his best foot forward for Parramatta as well Reid Marnie such a big inclusion yeah. for the Eels. We know how important a player he is for them. Does he then take on an even more important role as a kicking option, as a really dominant voice in terms of their playmaking and setup as well? I think it's very important that both, yeah, the Reid Marnie takes over some kicking and some game management. I think Brad Arthur's got the squad together that they know where they're going and what they're trying to create. Dylan Brown is back from injury now, who's pretty much expected. I expect Mitchell Moses to go very well in State of Origin. Uh, kicking game will be very, very important for him. Tackle five finishes. Uh, I'm not too sure, we haven't heard from Freddie yet, whether Latrell might goal kick or Mitchell Moses might goal kick, just to take that pressure off him. But he divides opinion anyway, Mitchell. I, I, I think people love him and people hate him. So he's under a lot of pressure to play well for the Blues. And I think he's... His club form for Parramatta, he's been under pressure for a while now with the fact that Parramatta haven't won a grand final since Peter Sterling. Uh, so that carries that halfback pressure. He's played for the Prime Minister 13. He's played Australia uh, in the nine. So he's, he's equipped to go. He's played about 180 NRL matches. So he'll handle the pressure. But um, And what, what Parramatta hope is if he goes really well, then he comes back as a better player to Parramatta. And then that's that credentials that pushes them forward to actually 
potentially push for that grand final that they haven't been able to win for a lo for the longest time. A platform that they can really launch off. Yeah. All right, let's have a look at our second Friday night game now. 7:55 p.m. kickoff sees the Sea Eagles take on the Dragons. Let's have a look at the Manly team first. And will Tommy Turbo back up three days after Origin? Des Hasler certainly hopes so. If so, Ruben Garrett will move back to the wing and Moses Suli drops out of the 17. Marone Skiver and halfback Daly Cherry Evans has also been named, so Dylan Walker moves to the bench. Josh Schuster makes his return from a calf injury with Carl Lawton dropping out of the starting side. No Jake Trebojevic as yet as he looks to return from a hip injury. They're up against a Dragons team and a number of tough decisions for the coach over the next few weeks. Of the barbecue dozen facing the implications for their biosecurity breach, playing this week will be... Jack Bird, Jared Beal, Corey Norman, Jack DeBellin, Blake Laurie, Josh Kerr and Josh Maguire, which means sitting out their one-game bans are Matt Dufty, Tyrell Fuma-Ono, Dan Alvaro, Zach Lomax and Cade Ellis. Ben Hunt and Tarek Sims, they'll be back from origin and they'll be crucial key leaders back into the group. Jackson Ford comes in at lock. Poasa Farmasili is on the bench and Warriors forward Jermaine Tonoa Brown has joined the club on a loan deal for July. He's in Jersey 15. Wowee. Let's talk Manly first. Tom Trebojevic named to play. Noddy, will he? Well, I think there's a little wait and see how he goes, obviously, state of origin. But I think the performance from Manly last week, you can say it was extremely poor and... The critic, not the criticism, I suppose, that the Manly can't play and can't win without Tom Dravojevic. So he might be forced actually to pick Tom. As long as he gets through the matches, as long as his hamstrings don't pull up tight, they might be just be forced to pick him. I know Cherry Evans gets the back up and Schuster comes in. So there's three players that didn't play last week that potentially play. But Tom's the most influential player in the competition. So uh, I would think if Des wants to win, Tom plays. If Tom's fit, Tom plays. You mentioned Josh Schuster there as well. Yeah. Robbie, the fact that Kieran Foran has re-signed with Manly for 2022, does that show you that maybe Josh Schuster isn't in their immediate plans in terms of that starting halfback, half starting in the halves? Well, I think the, the form that uh, Kieran Foran showed this year, I think he's been deserved of, a, of a, another season and it gives him a lot of experience in the halves. It definitely gives them options. You've got the option of, of moving Schuster there if, if Kieran does get uh, injured. Um, but also we've, we've seen Schuster really go well on that left edge in, in the back row and he's provided another point of attack for them there on the left edge. And I've really liked what he's brought to their game. Um, you know, he's got a pass in him. He's, he brings all the skill of, of 5'8 and, he, and he's got the, the build of a, of a back rower. So, um, look, I think, you know, for Dez, uh, you know, to have four in there and Schuster, it gives you the option of both, which I think moving forward, um, depth is such a, such a key thing in this competition. So, um, look... I think it's only going to be a positive for Manly and for both those players. Up against a Dragon side that have thrown their coach a massive hospital pass yeah. here. Looking at who Anthony Griffin has selected this weekend, knowing who still has to serve their ban, how do you think the coach is going to approach the next month? Yeah, I, I, by the looks of it, the coach is investing a bit in the future. Uh, by you know, Tyrell Sloan gets a chance to play. Uh, he's kept some players in and he's pushed some players out. Uh, but the, you know, obviously, there's a few players there with some asterisks because they haven't signed the document yet that's going to allow them to play. Uh, and and he's got helped by the Warriors loaning him a player as well. So that's good news uh, for, for Hook there. But I'm not too sure. I think he names all his players. And the big thing will be to see whether Tom plays. If Tom doesn't play, you probably put all the players in that he's named. If Tom does play, then you potentially go, oh, let's wipe this game. Because they've got only four weeks to serve their suspension. Uh, they, they've got a relatively 
They've got two easy matches and two hard matches. So do you go, OK, and they're currently sitting seventh on the ladder. So you think you've got to win the matches that you should win. So if we look at that, you go, potentially they're a chance against the Titans and definitely they're a chance against the Raiders. You think South Sydney, they'll just wipe... They mightn't play anyone against South Sydney uh, in some regards. And then Manly this week will be a matter of how we get through it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough decision for the coach to make. There's probably no right decision in what way he goes about it. But he's just got to rely on the other players coming in and having a dig and getting through this in the next four weeks. And hopefully they're still in that top eight position when the four weeks ends. Robbie, putting yourself in Anthony Griffin's shoes, what's the conversation that you have with those players who he has selected to play this weekend before they run out on the field to represent the Red V? I think you just say you owe the boys, you owe the club, uh, you owe the fans and, and all the sponsors. And uh, they've obviously let themselves down with, with what they did and, and everyone involved in the club. So they'll go out there with the points approved this week. And I think that's probably why as well he's, he's picked um, the majority of those guys. He's given them the opportunity to go out and redeem themselves through their performances on the field. And um, I, I think, I guess, the proof will be in how they go out there and, and play. And as I said, they, they probably, um, yeah, they've been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons over the last week or so. So now they've got the opportunity to, to turn that around with their, their performances on the field. The Dragons have been a bit of a bogey team for the Sea Eagles in the past, so we'll see whether that can continue this weekend. All right, let's head into Saturday footy now and the 3pm kickoff, which sees the Raiders take on the Sharks. A number of TBAs on our venues this weekend. The Canberra side to begin with, and it is a pretty settled lineup for Ricky Stewart. Jack Whiten returns from Blues duty at 5'8", pushing out Matt Frawley. Josh Papali'i is also back. He replaces Dunamis Louie, who picked up a calf strain in the win over the Sea Eagles. He'll miss a fortnight. There's no Elliot Whitehead, who missed last week with a shoulder injury. The Raiders are hoping that he will be back next week. Looking at the Cronulla team that they are up against, and just one change. Britton Akora moves back into the starting side with Co Sifa Talakai moving to the bench. Sean Johnson has been in great form. He lines up alongside Braden Trindle once more with 5'8", Matt Moylan still working his way back from a calf injury. Will Chambers is missing once more. He's in quarantine after a trip to Victoria for the birth of his third child. Big congrats to Will and to his family. All right, looking at the Raiders team to begin with, they're coming off a win and I am so happy for the green machine that I get to say those words. Xavier Savage, Noddy, yeah. he gets the chance to show what he can do to Raiders fans, but also perhaps to the broader NRL. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, obviously it was a player that played uh, SG Ball, it was, and then obviously super quick, you know, one of the fastest runners in Australia at his age. Uh, and he's a, full, he's a winger by trade, so obviously Ricky Stewart's put him in there and pretty much they're playing three... <laughs> three wingers uh, to start the sets off. Great catches of the ball. Um, he, no stage did he pop up out the back. He's a traditional fullback to try and link with one of the halves uh, for a sweep play and, and move to the edge. But the Raiders played back to their strength. Josh Hodgson, all the play of the ball was off Josh Hodgson. Uh, and then Starling came on the back of that with some fatigue forwards and played through the middle. They got eight repeat sets through great short kicking games. So they played to their strengths. But yeah, I, I think Savage is a great player. It, you can't teach pace. He's got genuine pace. He did some special things in the junior rep. So, yes, he sells himself to Ricky Stewart. Um, we're not sure what happens with Curtis Scott going forward with the Raiders as well. So there could be an outside back position there. But, yeah, I think you can buy a pace. You can, you can pretty much put him on that wing and know he's going to finish tries. We got to see some of that pace yeah. in the 100-plus metres that he made last weekend. Robbie, looking at the Sharkies' side, and Sean Johnson in particular, who has been in awesome form the last few weeks, he's made that comeback from a big injury. He now has his future sorted. Are we seeing the best of Sean Johnson again? 
Yeah, I think Sean's really uh, evolved his game. You know, watching him play, it's reminded me a lot of Benji Marshall. You know, he came into the game with a lot of that exuberance and flair and at times um, you didn't know what he was going to do and, and he probably didn't know what he was going to do on the field, to be honest. And there are probably a lot of errors in his game or, or uh, wrong choices uh, with the ball uh, in his hand. But as he's, as he's gotten older, he's, he's matured a lot and his game's really matured. And you know, on the weekend, he's, I thought his kicking game was outstanding, uh, came up with uh, numerous repeat sets for the Sharks and really built pressure um, on the opposition. And, uh, yeah, he, he seems like he's in a really good place at the moment um, and, and his game's got a lot of confidence. And I think he's going to be a good pickup for the Warriors next year. As I said, he goes back to the Warriors now, a different player to the one that left um, a few years ago. And I think he's a, a more well-rounded player at this stage of his career. Won plenty of extra Kiwi fans as well in the last week, arguing yeah. that the game should be moved <laughs> over to New Zealand. The New yeah. Zealanders will be absolutely loving that. All right, let's move on to our 5.30 Saturday game now. And a team that will actually be playing at home in the North Queensland Cowboys up against the Roosters. And this one is at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The Cowboys first. Francis Molo, Val Holmes and Hamaso Tabuai Fido have all been named. They'll have three days to recover from Origin 3. Dejan Assi and Javid Bowen are on the extended bench in case they're needed. Cohen Hess drops back to the bench and Peter Holler is back in the 17. For the Roosters, the Tricolours get James Tedesco back from origin duty. Joey Manu moves back to the centres and unfortunately there's no room for Billy Smith after he made his long-awaited return. Angus Crichton is also back. Isaac Liu shifts from second row to prop, but there's no Siwa Takiaho in the 21. Fletcher Baker comes onto the bench in place of Ben Thomas. It has been a tough month for the Cowboys, yeah. hasn't it? In a lot of ways. Losses to the Knights and the Rabbitohs more recently. Four straight losses. It's safe to say that their coach was not a happy man after last weekend's game. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. Um... The, the just different parts of that frustration seems to be the same people um, consistently over what 15, 16 rounds. We don't reconnect and get together as a team. We sort of disintegrate and don't talk. And yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not good enough. It's what happens when we're put under pressure and under fatigue, and it's usually ourselves punching ourselves in the face at the moment. <laughs> It's usually themselves punching themselves in the face at the moment. Robbie, they're the words from the coach. We know that they're in the top four in the NRL for ineffective tackles. How do they fix this? Because clearly the coach has identified the issues, but it's not a quick fix. No, it's not. And you can see the frustration there in, in Coach Payton. And, um, yeah, he, he looked sort of demoralised after that performance, I think. And, and as you said... Uh, it's, it's not a quick fix. It's going to take time to turn it around. You know, he's obviously tried to go up there this season and, and change the, the culture there of the Cowboys that they started the season 0-4, I think it was. And, um, yeah, there were some, you know, really ominous signs early on in the season. Uh, they turned it around with some really tight wins. But I don't think at any stage through the season they've really put a, a quality 80 minutes together, like a consistent 80-minute performance together. They've, they've had some wins up there at home where they've scraped away with a you know, a one-point win or they've come from behind. But I think the frustration um, that, that you know, the coach there is speaking about is is consistently putting in that 80-minute 80, 80 performance week in, week out, and that's what they continue to search for. 
They're up against the Roosters this weekend who Noddy had to work hard to beat the Doggies last week. And one bloke who worked hardest of all was Jared Warrior Hargreaves. He was epic. His post-contact metres were immense. How important is his leadership for what is a really evolving Roosters side? Yeah, he, he's been really good for about the last month for him as a leader. As you said, State of Origin occurs and they lose their current captain in James Tedesco. They've had Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, who are the two other leaders that have had to retire this year. So he's been great for him. He's played some big minutes as well. He's played close to 80 minutes in multiple games. As you said, he's he's the leader of the pack. He, he loves being physical. He, he leads by his, his, you know, his domination or his willingness to fight in the collisions and be the leader and challenge a forward on the opposition. Uh, so he's been very, very good for the Roosters. And as you said, it's a, probably a tough week for the Roosters. You know, they're sitting at home at the moment. They, then they relocate to the Gold Coast, or wherever they get relocated to on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden on Saturday, they've got to then go to the Townsville again and play the game and fly back. So it's a very disruptive week for them. So they've probably got the biggest to, do, biggest to in, in settle in. And then you'd have to move again and back and forward. So very professional, the Roosters. But obviously, yeah, it's, a, it's probably the toughest ask of any team this weekend. Trent Robinson, always super professional. And yeah. at the end of their last game, against the Doggies. I was mesmerised by his face when Sam Walker turned <laughs> and ran the yeah. length of the field and I was thinking, oh, mate, I don't know if you should head back into the dressing sheds after that. Robbo does not look <laughs> impressed. What did you make of this final play, Robbie? Yeah, to be honest, I, um, I just didn't think there was a need for it. Um, you know, they were down there camped on the opposition try line. Uh, there was, you know, 20-odd seconds left in the game. So I think... Um, yeah, the fact that he ran back 90 metres. I know I know. Yeah, everyone speaks about the, uh, was it Tony or Kevin Iro, I think? Kevin Iro, yeah. For the Adelaide Rams, yeah. yeah. But he, he sort of ran back 20 metres and zig, zigged and zagged and got tackled around the halfway line. But it was pretty ridiculous seeing Sam Walker you know, sprint back to the, his own try line to, to wind the clock down. And, look, I didn't think there was an actual need for it. Probably wasn't in the spirit of the game. But, look, he's a, he's a young kid. He'll learn from that. And, Look, uh, they won the game. Um, he wound the clock down, so he got the result that he wanted. And, look, I think there was no harm done. I think there's been a bit of a uh, overreaction to what happened, but uh, it was something different, that's for sure. Some people are a fan, Noddy. Some people think it was a, the perfect way to wind down the clock and good to see a young fella making his own rules. Yeah, I'm, you saw Trent Robinson's face just immediately go. I'm not sure if Trent Robinson is agreeing with that and very happy about that. I, the spirit of the game, bits of it. He wound the clock down. He did do that. The the, the, the dogs didn't get a chance to get the ball. Um, but I'm not too. I'd love to have known what Trent Robinson said when he got in the sheds because he's not sitting there next to Luke Keary. Luke Keary had a little laugh didn't, on his face. He and, had a glance. Had a glance, and, a glance and, 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 then, and then he looked at Robbo, and then I think Luke decided he should walk past <laughs> as well uh, and not say anything more. Mm. So. Um, <laughs> you're right. It's something we haven't seen for a while. I think it was 1998, was it, when Tony Iroh ran backwards bits and yeah. pieces. And, but Tony Iroh had played the game for 15 years and, it, you know, probably everyone knew he was a character. So, it's, yeah, it was, it was different. And to be fair to Trent mm. Robinson, he was very calm. When he got to the press conference afterwards and he was asked the inevitable question, yes. he was very calm oh, in his response. I, I think he would have been he would have been very calm in, in public, but yes. uh, I think it would have been quite different behind closed doors. <laughs> Let's have a look at our Saturday night game now. At 7.35pm kickoff sees the Knights take on the Storm. 
potentially at Amy Park, but we do have a TBA over this one and so many games this weekend. What a changeable environment we're currently living in. Both teams coming off round 16 wins and then the bye for Melbourne. Craig Bellamy has named all of his origin stars. Cameron Munster, Josh Adokar, Dale Finucane, Felice Cafusi and Christian Welch to name them all to back up on Saturday. So just the one change at this stage with Tui Kamakamitha dropping back to the bench with Welch expected to start. Nico Hines has 20 line breaks to his name this season, equal with Tommy Turbo and second in the NRL to Cody Walker. What a year he is having. Up against a night side who are getting pretty close to full strength now. Daniel Saifidi is fit to play after missing Origin 3 with a rib complaint. Tyson Frizzell is also a big inclusion for the Knights returning from ankle surgery after missing the last four matches. Kalen Ponga has been named. He's the only Knight on Origin duty on Wednesday night on the Gold Coast. Looking at this Storm side, top of the table for a reason. They have been in incredible try-scoring form. 154 points in their past three games. Remarkable. We've got them potentially playing at Amy Park this weekend. Let's talk about the two options. If they are at Amy Park, where they haven't played since April, how big an advantage is that home crowd and being able to play at home in Melbourne? That's right. I think it'll be a celebration for them that they're able to go go home and stay at home and play at home because they haven't done that for a long while. And as you said, the point scoring that they've been able to do the last few weeks is unbelievable. And and that's without Ryan Pappenhausen as well in the side. You mentioned about how great Nico Hines has season has been. Uh, they've had the disruption of state of origin. Uh, they've had the disruption of moving camp where they're playing out of it. It doesn't seem to stop the Melbourne Storm. Craig Bellamy has got them uh, certainly primed for the fact that they are leading the competition again. They're, they're probably the at, in the way of the rules, they probably worked out the rules the best. Um, they play the, over the advantage line as soon as they win a quick play of the ball. They wrestle in attack. They get six to goes. They happen. They don't beat themselves and they've got lots of pace out wide. So they, they play to their strengths very, very well. But if they get to play in Melbourne, it'll be a great celebration for the Melbourne fans. Such a smart footy team, undoubtedly. Robbie, if they do have to move at some point in the coming weeks... Will they be better versed, better able than a lot of the other teams to cope with that move? One, because they've done it before, and two, because their record in Queensland is remarkable. Yeah, definitely. I think both those points you raise are spot on. They obviously went through it all last year. Um, you know, they know what it takes to, to live away from home. They've been in that environment. They, they had a lot of success up there last year. So it'll be a very familiar uh, surrounding for them. Um, and as you said, their record in Queensland is, is remarkable, especially at Suncorp Stadium. And and recently at, at the Sunshine Coast Stadium. So um, I don't think that'll be an issue for them at all. And and, and also, um, you know, on the other side as well, if they get to play down in Melbourne, that's going to be a big boost for them playing in front of their home crowd. So, um, look, I think it's a massive advantage for the Storm you know, either way. I think it really uh, gives them advantage moving into the back end of this competition. We'll send them the sea bus. They've, they've got, we don't know how they go at sea bus. <laughs> we'll just send them the sea bus as another challenge for the Melbourne Storm to see if they can handle it to make sure the competition's a bit more open. They're pretty good at jumping over <laughs> no, any hurdles yeah. that are thrown their way. We've just had a look at the Storm fullback. What about the Knights fullback? Caelan yeah. Ponga was remarkable in round 16. If he comes out of origin fit, does he play? Definitely plays, yeah. I think every coach will want their players to back up from state of origin. That's that's the bit of the role uh, of what a, an origin player is. You're right. He comes back the other week, and they were the unbelievable. One player makes a massive difference. He's no difference to Tom Travojevic in some regards to Manly. You know, Tom does so many good things for Manly and makes them so much better players individually, but players uh, uh, a football team. Caelan Ponga does that for the Newcastle Knights. He is so important to the Newcastle Knights. Um, he doesn't make many tackles, but obviously he works a lot defensively. But it's just all these attack 
everything comes off the back of Kalen Ponga's attack. And he's actually one of those players that sometimes you can't stop him. He just He's just too good in some situations where he's just going to score a try. Queensland will be very happy to see him back in a maroon jersey, that is for sure. Let's have a look at Sunday Arvo footy now and our 2pm kickoff. The Warriors taking on the Panthers and the Warriors side first. Nathan Brown has named the same 13 that took on the Sharks. The Warriors get Josh Curran and Ewan Aiken back, both available after self-isolating for two weeks after being on a flight with a crew member who tested positive to COVID. Curran returns via the bench while Aiken is a reserve. Kane Evans replaces Ben Murdoch-Masilla on the bench. Chad Townsend and who Harris could return with the pair battling to overcome shoulder injuries sustained a fortnight ago. Up against a Penrith team that is missing both Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai through injury, Brian To'o, Isaiah Yo, Kurt Capewell, Liam Martin and Appy Corisau have all been named to back up from origin. Dylan Edwards returns from a foot injury. That is a big in for the Panthers. So backline reshuffle with Crichton moving to the centres. Paul Momorowski is on this extended bench as he returns from a hip injury, as is Robert Jennings. The Warriors, two wins outside of the eight. Errors have been a bit of an issue for them of late. Noddy, looking at their halves, who struggled to control play in the last game, we know that Cody Nicarima has had a great season overall. How do you wrestle back that game management when it's escaping you a little bit? Well, you're right. They've probably been criticised. Well, not criticised. They haven't nailed some big occasions for about six or eight weeks, really, because uh, it's come with a, a lot of changes to the halves. Uh, Chance Nickel Clockstead. Um, sorry. Uh, um, Chad Townsend went there, gets injured the first week. They've had multiple halves, different combinations. So that Nathan Brown, who is the new coach, uh, some of these players wouldn't have even done a whole off-season with them. Like Reese Walsh wasn't a part of the Warriors' plan in the off-season, so they've done no timing, no combinations, no building, building development. So... Um, at some stage, not being able to win close games or not being able to build pressure is going to make them not make the eight. So they've got to get their house in order now. Nick Arima is just a great runner of the ball. So I don't know if Nick Arima is going to be the one that can manage the game. So it goes back to Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, Wade Egan's a pretty experienced dummy half as well. So maybe the dummy half, they play a little bit like the Canberra Raiders, where they play a lot of football in and around their dummy half and just play to the strength of the big pack of forwards of the Warriors, build pressure and try and use field position as a domination to, to get there. Because you've got Walsh and you've got Sheck. They're going to score points. Nick Arima's great on, on off the cuff. So uh, it, it's hurting him a bit at the moment. But again, it's a new coach. It's taking time without a key playmaker, which is probably why they went so hard to get Sean Johnson for next year, who can run a game and manage a game for him. Speaking of those key playmakers, Robbie, the Panthers are missing their two first-choice halves this weekend. How big an inclusion is Dylan Edwards and his ability to play in position to begin with, but also to lead that team? Yeah, I think it's a huge inclusion. Obviously, when you're missing both your halves, it's important to to have those other you know, key spine members that you've become accustomed to over the last 24 months. And to have Appy there, you know, off the back of... Uh, his origin debut, I'm sure he'll come back with a lot of confidence and uh, he'll really take control out of, the, out of the dummy half position there at the ruck and then Dylan Edwards at the back, I think, will definitely help uh, Matt Burden in the halves, uh, having someone like Dylan Edwards at the back. And um, it's always difficult when you come in a young half, half or 5'8", like Burden, when you've got so many changes around you. So to have Dylan Edwards back for him will be a massive boost. Um, I think it's a, it's a crucial time of the season now for the Panthers, obviously missing both their halves, and um, but they're getting back to full strength, um, I think, you know, heading towards the back end of the season. I think the one positive out of those injuries are that you know, when, when Cleary and, and Luai do come back into the side, they're going to be fresh. They're coming off a, you know, a bit of a break, a couple of weeks off, and 
they're going to come back fresh right at the right time of the season, which I think will be a massive boost for the Panthers. Well, the Broncos will be looking to get a boost by the fact that they will be at Suncorp Stadium on Sunday afternoon up against the West Tigers. This is our 4.05pm kickoff. the home side first. Providing he gets through Origin, Xavier Coates will return on the wing after being rested from the win over the Sharks with Jermaine Asako dropping out. The same goes for Payne Haas and Thomas Flegler, the latter set to make his Maroons debut. Corey Pakes returns in Jersey 14. The West Tigers coming off a bye after a tough few weeks for the club and Michael Maguire has made changes. Kiwi centre Junior Powgett has been named to make his NRL debut with James Roberts switching sides and Adam Dewey moving back to 5'8". Moses Mbai drops to the bench. Fresh from Blues camp, Stefano Oitui Ikemanu will start in the front row in place of Alex Twal and Thomas McKayley is promoted to lock. There's also a debut for teenage forward Tuki Simpkins who will come off the bench. Brisbane, one of our few teams who get a home advantage this weekend. And in what's been a challenging year for them, they have really enjoyed playing at Suncorp Stadium, Noddy. How important will that be to really take advantage of that home base? Yeah, it's certainly going to be very important because they're not disrupted. They're living at home. They're still playing out of the same venue. Everyone else has got to relocate and go up there to Gold Coast, Brisbane or Sunshine Coast. So they can use that to their advantage. Kevin Walters is probably going to be looking for any advantage he can get hold of to, to, to get the Broncos to be a bit more consistent. Some reports over the last week have emerged about a 10-year deal for Payne Haas, the 10 million, 10, uh, 10 million 10-year man's. And obviously, uh, he does some unbelievable things on the field for a young athlete, young player. Uh, he's obviously going to become their leader of, as well. And uh, I think New, the fullback, he's actually starting to show us some things. And Tyson Gamble... Um, you know, he's been really good for Kevin Walter. So there's some positives there for him. It's just their inconsistency, I suppose, in some regards that has hurt him a little bit. But I think he'll want his origin players to back up. He'll need his origin players to back up. Um, they're playing at home. They love playing at home. Uh, and it seems like all the dramas off the field at the Broncos are starting to settle down. They've got a CEO now. They've got a GM of football. And there's a clear direction with the messaging that's going out. Robbie, for your West Tigers side, this is a big game for you guys as well. Could the fact that you're getting to move away as a unit, spend that time together as a team, could that be the making of this Tigers side over the last couple of months of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know when you're going through a tough time, uh, as we are as a, as a club, I think sometimes it is an advantage when you can get together as a group and and really spend that time uh, off the field where you can gel and connect and, um, you know, bond through the tough times. And, uh, you know, the, the only way we're going to get out of this is is to do it, um, you know, as a group of players that, that are there at the moment. And uh, they need to come together and, and bounce back this week. There's uh, obviously been some, some pretty disappointing performances in the last month. And, you know, we've played uh, three of the top four sides, but I think it's more so uh, not the losses, but the, the way uh, we've lost those games. And... Um, you know, the, the lack of effort at times, the the ease that we've conceded points. So against the Broncos side that, um, you know, they'll, they'll have a lot of confidence coming off uh, their, their win on the on the weekend. But uh, this is a very winnable game and uh, the Tigers need to, sh- you know, show some sort of bounce back and come out firing uh, with their performance on the weekend. 
We get to enjoy Sunday night footy as well this weekend. So let's head to our 6.15pm kickoff now where the Rabbitohs take on the Bulldogs. The Rabbitohs, can they make it six wins on the trot and really keep that pressure on the top two? Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray, Damien Cook and Dane Gagai have all been named. Winger Tane Milne, who was charged with a high tackle and prop Liam Knight, dangerous contact charge. They both took early guilty pleas, so they're free to play this weekend. For the Doggies, there's only one change to the Bulldogs starting 13. Lachlan Lewis keeps his spot at 5'8", ahead of Kyle Flanagan and Brandon Wakeham. Renner Fatoni will come in at lock. Josh Jackson is back on the edge and Joe Stimson drops to the bench. Sayu Manafungai is back from a one-game suspension and Jaden Ockenbar gets closer to his return from an ACL. He's in jersey number 23. Having a look at this Rabbitohs side to begin with, Latrell Mitchell has been terrific in the opening two Origin games. He has been named there at fullback for the Rabbitohs this weekend. Do you think he'll play or do you think this is an opportunity to rest him? Well, it'll all depend on how they go. If you win the game and it's 3-0 in favour of New South Wales, then obviously they're celebrating, they're high on life, they're looking forward to playing for their club side as well. So, um, you know, as you said, the, the, the Rabbitohs are on fire at the moment. They've... they've one six in a row. Their left edge is the best left edge in the competition. Uh, Latrell Mitchell gets to come back in and play under that. Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds to steer him around, be creative. Uh, big pack of forwards that are getting a lot of their players back. So I, I think South Sydney are in a really good space at the moment. Um, they're obviously, as Wayne, what are we, eight weeks away from the final. So I think in about two or three weeks' time, everyone would have forgot about State of Origin. Everyone not forgot about the relocation to up in Queensland but then it's always the focus becomes about where do I finish and how do I get any deficiencies out of our game for the semi-finals because it's not that far away now the finals very true only a couple of months the countdown can almost begin Robbie looking at this doggy side who were gallant in defeat against the Roosters Lachlan Lewis with a couple of tries in the first half seemed to really add an extra spark to the team do you think this is a settled halves pairing that we'll see Trent Barrett stick with for the rest of this season yeah, I think so. I listened to, to Trent after the game and, and he said that those guys deserved uh, to get picked again this week with their performance on the weekend. I, I thought Lachlan Lewis brought um, you know, a lot to the Bulldogs' side. His, his kicking game was was definitely a bonus. Um, eyes up footy, as you see there, full back in the line, kicking in behind. And uh, as you said, I thought their effort was outstanding, the Dogs. And if they bring that effort every week, they're going to win a few more games before the season's over. Um, I, I think, you know, you know, all things being equal, I think, you know, it's been a tough year for them, but also I think there's a there's a lot of upside in, in the Bulldogs side. They've obviously signed well for next year. There's the news during the week that Matt Dufty's going there next year as well. So, yeah, their, their back line next year is going to be quite exciting. There's a lot of speed in that back line. And, and now the, the challenge for them is going to be, you know, who's going to be that, that man that steps up and partners Matt Burden in the halves next year? Because at the moment, you'd, you'd like to think you know, he's got a mortgage on, on one of the halves jerseys. And now it's, you know, who's his partner going to be? And I don't think anyone's really stepped up at the moment. You know, you've obviously got uh, yeah, Cole Flanagan that's been in and out of the side, uh, Lachlan Lewis, uh, Abarillo. Um, so, you know, one of those guys needs to stand up and now's a perfect chance for Lachlan Lewis to, to put his hand up and show that he's that man. Hey, Robbie, do you think Lachlan Lewis could become an Isaiah Yo? Could he become a ball player in 13? If he doesn't have a future in the halves, do you think he could be big enough? And he's obviously courageous enough. He loves the physical battle, but could he be Jersey yeah. 13? Yeah, I think if he puts on a bit of size, as you said, I, I think he probably um, probably need to fill out a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's a great defender, as you said. He, he never shirks his defensive duties. Uh, I think he could handle handle that position quite easily defensively. 
Um, yeah, obviously playing at 13, I think it probably takes away his kicking game, which is probably his biggest strength. But, um, yeah, there's no doubt, I think, especially the way the game's going with that sort of smaller uh, lock forward in the game, a lot of speed and where you can you could got that ball playing lock that can be a link to your hearts. Um, look, I, I think he could definitely handle it if given the opportunity. And Robbie mentioned Matt Dufty before yeah. as well. Is that speed that he brings a sign of, one, where the game is heading, but also where do they plan to play him? Well, uh, Matt Dufty will play fullback. He's he's very creative in the fullback position. They're going to have Josh Adokar, one winger. So ja Josh Adokar won't play at fullback? Well, I think Josh Adokar will play on the wing. Uh, they've obviously got Brent Naden mm. going there. Uh, they've got uh, Corey Allen, they've just signed. Kotrick's there as well. Burton's going to play probably in the halves, will be the main halfback. And then obviously it's depending on who's going to play 5-8 with Burton. It gives them a little bit of depth and a bit of uh, combinations there. That's why I'm just wondering, I don't think Lachlan Lewis can can play in, in the backs anymore. So that's if he wants to play mm. there long term, then he's probably got to become that jersey 13 to show the coach he can do it. And that's the style of football they like to play. So uh, one-year mm. investment in Matt Burton obviously shows that they're not quite sure about him. But in attack, he's great. He can score points for, for anyone. And obviously that's what the dogs need to do because at the in moment Duffy. defensively they're good. Sorry, in Duffy, Duffy, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. All right, well, the NRL round 18 kicks off on Friday night this week and you can, of course, catch all of the action on Fox Sports, on KO, on Channel 9, on Watch NRL for our international viewers and, of course, Sky Sports New Zealand. Just because I really love uh -huh. the sound effect that we use when you guys get this wrong each week, what's your prediction <laughs> coming out of round 18, Robbie? Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go. There's going to be over 400 points scored across all the games this weekend. So over 50 points a game, if that that's done my maths right. Yeah. Eight games, 400 points. Uh, dry, dry weather footy, um, you know, warmer weather up there in, in Queensland. I think there's going to be some highs. High-scoring games. Try-scoring extravaganza. Well, I think all the Origin players will back up. You think they'll play. So all that disruption's gone, as you said, dry football. So mine is that the top six teams will win by 12 or more points this round. If you look at the ladder, the top six don't play each other, but they'll, they play others. So I think they'll win by 12 or more points, which then goes to the 50-point scoreline that Robbie's saying for each match. Look out. You two could be backing uh, yourselves, backing uh, each other up beautifully. There'll be a lot of draws this weekend. It's in your victory. <laughs> yeah. Golden point. I predict golden point extra time. All right. Uh, there is another game this week, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet. It is State of Origin 3. It is tomorrow night on the Gold Coast. We do not see very many series clean sweeps across the history of origin just yeah. how hard is it to win three straight games in this arena yeah that's right well you know new south wales won it in 2000 uh brad fittler was the captain of that side queensland won it uh in 2010 in their domination there they won for so many series but as you said it doesn't happen too often uh it's so hard uh, i think you know there's a couple of changes to the new south wales side there's a couple of changes to queensland they're exploding it's great to see <laughs> uh really nice to watch but um you know I, I think if we hear what's come out of reports last from last year that they they dropped off for game three. They're not dropping off for game three. Intensity's lifted, it's 2-0. They've obviously currently, what is it, 76-6 in favour of New South Wales. Um, I think they've just got to go out there, do the same job again. I think Queensland will be better. They'll score more points because of Ponga and AJ Brimson. 
two massive mm. inclusions. Two I huge ins. I want to ask you about the halves, Noddy, before we get Robbie's thoughts at all as well. How important is it for Whiten and Moses in yeah. particular to play their own game, put their own stamp yeah. on this team, as opposed to trying to replicate what has worked so well in one and two? Well, I, I think that's the key. I think Nathan, um, Nathan Cleary and Mitchell Moses, in some regards, the responsibility for the half is to steer the team around and tackle five finishes. Where, the, where they finish is very, very important. Mitchell Moses has got a great long kicking game, so he can do that very, very well. Uh, and Jack Whitney, you know, he's a Dally M winner, as Clive Churchill medalist as a 5'8". So he's a quality 5'8". I think he'll just give early ball to the troll to set himself in and start the game. And as Queensland start to open up, I think it opens up great opportunities for Jack White to run the ball at the end of both halves. So I think they'll both go really well. Um, it's, it's a big game for him because if they both go really well in those positions, but if there's no Luaya, there's no Nathan Cleary going forward. At least Brad Fittler goes... First phone call he makes is, Mitchell, you're back in, or Jack, you're playing in your, in your regular position. So it's a huge night for both those guys to play well in the seven and six. Robbie, Noddy's mentioned already that this is the strongest Queensland lineup we've seen so far this Origin series. Has Noddy already identified their two biggest threats? Look, I think uh, it's a big game for the Queensland halves. I think uh, they've been disappointing um, in the first two games this series, and they're coming up against. You know, a halfback that's making his debut and and Jack Wyden at 5'8", who uh, hasn't been in the greatest form for the Raiders this year. So I think they really need to step up and, and lead this Queensland side out of uh, all the dramas they've been going through over uh, the, uh, the last month or so with everything, obviously, their performances on the field and then you throw in everything that's happened off the field. Uh, DC is a captain. Uh, Munster's their, yeah, their go-to man. So, And then you've got Callum Ponga at the back, which I think, obviously, is gonna, as Noddy said, is going to bring a lot of points to them. He's going to bring a lot of confidence to the side and, uh, you know, he's going to bring confidence to, to DCE's game and to Munster's game, knowing that you've got Caelan Pongra at fullback. So um, massive game for the Queenslanders. I think there's a lot of pressure on them, more so than, than New South Wales. Um, now, not only a, a series whitewash, but I think the first and last time where every game will be played in Queensland, I, I don't think that we'll ever see that happening again. So to get swept... Um, all three games in your home state, I think, uh, is something they'll be desperately trying to avoid. And on the other side of the ledger, I think that'll be a real motivating factor for New South Wales to to really kick them while they're down and, and uh, you know try and sweep the series uh, all three games in Queensland's backyard. I feel like I already know the answer. To oh, you don't have to ask. But giving us your most objective <laughs> opinion as our expert here yeah. on the panel, I'm going to ask you both: What is your prediction? How does this game play out? I think it's going to be a close victory for New South Wales. I don't think the scoreline will be like game one and game two were. Um, you know, I think it's like close. As you said, there's a lot of pressure on the Queensland halves. They've exploded. Well, reports are they've exploded off the field. The culture's really bad. So there's a lot of pressure on the Queensland side. So I expect them to play better. They won't want a 3-0 victory uh, against them. So I think New South Wales... The back five for New South Wales are still too good. Uh, that's where they win play the balls. They start their sets off. They've run for an enormous amount of metres. And again, if they get quality ball to them in key positions, they're going to be able to score tries. So I, I think, uh, let's say it'll be 24, 22 in, 24 to 24 to 14 in favour of New South Wales. And I think Tom Travojevic will be the man of the series. <coughs> We're not letting you include this in your 400 points this weekend, yeah. Robbie Farrar. Yeah. How do you see this one Damn playing it. out? Yeah, I think very similar to Noddy. Obviously, I'll be um, hoping and, and, and I think the Blues will win. Um, but I think Queensland is going to be a lot better. I think, um, you know, with everything that's gone on, they're going to come out with a, a point to prove. Uh, Callum Ponga at the back, I think, is going to add a lot to their side. Uh, and they're going to desperately want to avoid a series whitewash. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to the halves and who gets the better of that battle. 
um, between DCE and Munster, um, and obviously uh, Mitchell Moses and, and Jack White, and to see how how hey how hey uh, how hey they handle. Sorry, <laughs> but he got my tongue twisted there. But how uh, they handle the you know, the new combination, and uh, they can really adapt to that arena. So, look, I think New South Wales by maybe one or two points. I think it's going to be a real nail biter. If you can get along to this game, tickets are on sale. NRL.com forward slash tickets. If you're there in southeast Queensland, get along. Origin at three tomorrow night. All right, that's about it from NRL teams this week. It's actually really good to see you both again. Oh, don't you both reply at once. Back, yeah. I welcome yeah. back. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was yeah. waiting for Robbie. I thought you know. yeah. I, just, I didn't want I didn't want you I didn't want you to miss the soccer too much. So yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. my head to remind you yeah. to have a soccer ball here. Soccer ball, yeah. You can kick it next yeah. week oh, if you want. Don't, don't do that. Can you, I miss my hair. Beautifully <laughs> done. Yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah. So. Robbie, it, it, you know, grows back in time. Yeah. But it looks great. Well, let's let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie Farron, Brecker Morley, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us at home. Stay safe wherever you're tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Enjoy the footage.